Praise God. I would like you to take your Bibles today and turn with me to Psalm 122. 122. We continue our study in this selection of psalms which called the Psalms of Ascent are going up. And these psalms are, I believe, given to us that we might grow closer to the Lord in this brand new year. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. Because the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. I don't know about you, but I love coming to the house of God. I love to gather with God's people. Many years ago, Charles Spurgeon wrote a little piece about why some people go to church. He said, some go to church to take a walk. Some go there to laugh and talk. Some go there to meet a friend. Some go there their time to spend. Some go there to meet a lover. Some go there a fault to cover. Some go there for speculation. And some go there for observation. Some go there to doze and nod. (laughs) The wise go there to worship God. Amen? Praise God. You know, having pastored over many years, sometimes I know that fellows, especially who work outside in the cold, when they get into a nice warm place, it's easy for them to fall asleep. And so you have to kind of raise your voice at times to wake them up. But I thank God that they have come to the house of God. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, one thing I have observed, when any person truly is born again, they love to come to church. When I became a Christian, I loved coming to the church. You know, I would go with my family on Sunday mornings, and then in the afternoon, the youth group would go to convalescent homes to sing and minister to the elderly. Then we would have choir practice on the Sunday afternoon. Then we would have a little prayer meeting before the Sunday evening service. We'd have the Sunday evening service, which many times would run to 9 or 10 o'clock. Afterwards, we'd pray in the prayer room. And then a lot of times we'd go out for a bite of food afterwards before we went home. Then we met on Tuesday nights, on Thursday nights, on Saturday night for prayer meeting, 
and started once again. You know, I think, sad to say, that many Christians today, they're being cheated because we don't have more times of gatherings in the church of God. We have put so many things in front of it. C.S. Lewis wrote about getting together at church. He said, when I first became a Christian about 14 years ago, I thought that I could do it on my own by retiring to my rooms and reading theology. And I wouldn't go to the churches and gospel halls. I disliked very much their hymns, which I considered to be first-rate poems set to sixth-rate music. But as I went on, I saw the great merit of it. I came up against different people of quite different outlooks and different education. And then gradually, my conceit just began peeling away. I realized that the hymns were nevertheless being sung with devotion and benefit by an old saint in elastic side boots in the opposite pew. And then you realize that you aren't fit to clean those boots. It gets you out of your solitary conceit. The New Testament does not envisage solitary religion, some kind of regular assembly for worship and instruction is everywhere taken for granted in the epistles. So we must be regular practicing members of the church. Of course, we differ in temperament. Some, like you and me, find it more natural to approach God in solitude, but we must go to church as well. For the church is not a human society of people united by their natural affinities, but the body of Christ, in which all members, however different, and God rejoices in their differences and by no means wishes to iron them out, must share the common life, complementing and helping one another precisely by their differences. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, my generation, the baby boomers, we are experiencing a very sad epidemic of loneliness. Loneliness literally has become a disease for so many. And recently I read an article that medical research has proven that loneliness affects our physical bodies and even our blood in the body. It affects it in such a way that it registers in the brain as if we have an infection. It causes a person to become irritable, suspicious, prone to negative emotions, and even fearful of meeting new people and making new friends. It breeds disease and depression, lack of sleep, and death. And friend, I want to say to you, I believe that as we become active church members, we can destroy that loneliness in our hearts and lives. God wants you and I to be part of the family of God. 
And you know, it's important that we become more involved in the local church more than just an hour on Sunday morning. Because, you know, you can come here for an hour, but you can leave still lonely. You know, we need to become part of the church. And I encourage you, get involved with some of the ministries of this church. And I'm so thankful for the many different fellowships that are constantly being given out to you. Take time to come into the house of God. Get involved in the ministries of this church. You know, as we gather together as the church, the body of Christ, it's a time for you and I to pray together, to sing together, to give thanks to God together, to praise God and worship Him together. It's a time for us to learn together and to be strengthened together. And if you need physical healing or emotional healing or spiritual healing, it's a time to be healed. It's a time to be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a time to eat communion <coughs> pardon me, with one another and to have fellowship and to show care and concern for each other. Pardon me as I take a drink of water. <coughs> you know, as we come to church, I'm glad that it was mentioned about the Monday night prayer meeting. You know, in Psalm 134, it says this, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. I want you to know there is a special blessing for those who come out during the week. There can be special miracles done in your life. Now, I know many of you have different work schedules, but I encourage you, if you can come out during one of the midweek services, it will be a blessing to you. I remember I was having a revival one time at one of my earlier churches, and it was a midweek service. And we had a young lady in our congregation who had suffered with epileptic fits, seizures. And in the middle of that service, she had a seizure. And any of you who have ever seen a grand mal seizure, it's not a pretty sight. She fell down right in the aisle. And we went and prayed for her. And God touched and healed that woman. That was a complete miracle. I think that was the greatest miracle that I have ever seen. But they checked, and I was there for several years afterwards. And that seizure never came back to her. 
She was in her 20s, and I think the first seizure had hit her around age 10, and God delivered her. I'm just saying this, that God, I believe, when we honor him in something special, he's going to do something special for you. Hallelujah. And if you can come out on one of the midweek services, it might be on a Monday night, a Wednesday night, it might be for one of the fellowships. It's going to be a blessing for you, and I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to get more involved in the house of the Lord with your Christian brothers and sisters. Christians should gather in one place. In verse 3 it says, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. And I think that speaks to you and I. The church of the Lord should be filled with diversity. Hallelujah. I think that the church should be a little bit of what heaven is going to be like. There should be people from every nation of the world represented. Hallelujah. You know, I'm not really in favor of churches that are maybe just one ethnic group or one nationality. Now, I can understand if they first come to this country where they're just getting acclimated to speaking the uh, common language. But, you know, after a few years, God wants his church to be filled with people of all different skin colors. Hallelujah. Amen. Of all different backgrounds. That was one of the greatest joy when I pastored in Princeton of having people come from the nations of the world, from Asia and Africa, India, South America, wherever it might be, and to see them worship God together and care for one another. And you know, and I encourage you, invite people uh, to the house of God and let them know that they're welcome here, no matter what nation they come from, that you're here to minister unto them. It says as well that we are to praise God and to worship him with voices joined together. And you know, church attendance is commanded by God. It speaks about where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. And in the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, I would love to be in the house of God when Jesus comes. Amen? With God's people, and we can all go up together. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. And church should be a place of joy and of rejoicing, of gladness, of giving of thanks. I love what Psalm 100 says. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates 
with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Hallelujah. When we gather together, it's to praise him. Amen? To give thanks unto the Lord. And by coming to God's house, we learn the word and the will of God. I'm so thankful for the word of God, aren't you? That we can find out what is God's will for our life. What does he want from us? How should we live? It speaks in verse 5 of Psalm 122. There the thrones for judgment stand. In other words, God has already made a decision what is right and wrong. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says that the church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of truth. We come to God's house to find out what is truth. Hallelujah. You know, we hear so much false truth today out in the world. So much wrong advice, wrong opinions, wrong suggestions and teaching. But when we come and hear the word of God, it's his truth. Hallelujah. It's his judgment. And we are to follow it. And that's why it's so important that we bring our families, young people and children to the house of the Lord. You know, as a community of faith, We gather together to pray together. And it says that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, I believe that it speaks to us in a spiritual sense of praying for peace in our lives, in the lives of our family, in the lives of the church. But also, I believe that we should pray for the literal peace of Jerusalem, for God's people. You know, we should be praying that God will send a wonderful revival and spiritual awakening among the Jewish people of this world. Amen? Amen. That they may come to know that the Messiah has already come and Jesus is his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we as God's people should pray together for each other and for peace. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. God desires that all people might be saved, and we should be praying for that. You know, we need to be praying. I think that God will send a revival. That God will send a spiritual awakening to America as a nation. Amen? It's time for revival. We need to reach our people with the truth of the gospel. And coming to church should help to bring peace into our lives. 
And we need to be praying for peace in our lives. <clears throat> it says, for the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. When we come into the house of God, we need to feel that peace which comes from God above. And you know, in Psalm 132, it talks about the importance of the house of God. You know, you need to realize you are blessed as a congregation to have this edifice, to have this property, because it becomes harder and harder in New Jersey for churches to purchase land and property. Everything is becoming so expensive, and the community uh, leaders, they don't want anyone to have land unless they can tax it. So you are blessed. And you know, in Psalm 132, it says, O Lord, remember David and all the hardships he endured. He swore an oath to the Lord and made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob. I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will not allow no sleep to my eyes, no slumber to my eyelids, till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. David wanted to build a house for God. You probably remember that. But as he was thinking about it and was planning on doing it, the prophet said, no, David, you've been a man of violence. You've been a man of war. You can't do it, but your son is going to build that house for me. But you know what's interesting that we sometimes forget? The Spirit of God gave the blueprint to David how to build that house. And David had the blueprint, and he went and acquired all of the materials so that when Solomon stepped in to begin to build, everything was ready for him. And you know, to keep this church, your church, going, it does take money. Things break down. You have to pay the utility bills. And thank God we have heat, we have water, we have electricity, amen? We have comfortable pews to sit in. But you know, just to maintain those things, it takes faithfulness on your part of giving your tithe and offerings. In a short time in the future, you're going to have a new pastor and family. We need to supply a salary for him. It all comes from your giving. And you know, I believe this with all of my heart, that as you honor God with your tithe and offerings, he will honor you. He will bless you. And if you've never taken that step of faith, I encourage you to do that. A tithe means simply a tenth. Whatever you earn, 10% belongs to God. And he is able to take that step of faith and to multiply it. You know, Jesus took a few loaves and fishes and he fed a great multitude, did he not? 
and he's faithful to meet your needs. And I encourage you to keep this church strong financially. Be faithful in your giving. Always remember that without the local church, there can be no foreign missions, no Bible colleges, no orphanages or hospitals or home missions or Teen Challenge, no TV or radio gospel programs. All of those things have come from the local church. The local church has to be strong and vibrant and vital. And I encourage you, and I thank God for you who have been faithful. And you know, we have been blessed by those who have even been before you got to this church. Someone gave faithfully. Someone put in a lot of hard work to make the purchase of the land, to build this building. And it's something in Princeton where I pastored, the church I pastored was built back in 1868. And I think about the men and women down through the many years who faithfully gave and worked to preserve that building. And then when I came in, we had a lot of work to do to renovate and to help it get back up to being a quality building. But you know, it took the giving of God's people. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for those who have been faithful even before I was born, who gave and prayed and had their presence to minister to keep the church going so I could hear the gospel and be saved. Amen? See, we have a debt to pay. We have something to give back. And because we are not only doing it just for ourselves and for today, but we're looking ahead into the future. We want our children and our grandchildren to have a place to come and hear the gospel. Amen? And be saved and healed and delivered and filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're not doing it out of selfishness. We're doing it for the glory of God and for the sake of souls. The church is so important. And I thank you for being here today. I thank you for your faithfulness of coming to the house of God. And I encourage you. You know, don't fall into loneliness. Become part of this body. Ladies, get in with the ladies' fellowship. Men with the men's fellowship. Get together when there's times of prayer and special meetings and as Valentine's Day is coming up. A time of just getting acquainted with each other. We need to have people to pray with us. You know that? You know, it's a sad thing when I would sometimes go and visit people in the hospital who are sick. They never belonged to the church. Many times someone would say, well, pastor, would you go visit my cousin or relative? They're in the hospital, and they're all alone because they have no church family, no pastor to come to see them, 
no one to pray for them, no one to be concerned. That's why it's so important. Belong to the local church so that when crisis happens, when sickness comes, you can say, Pastor, this is happening. Will you come visit me? And there, you have your deacons and your other members of the church praying for you. Thank God someone cares for you. Amen? That's so important. God doesn't want you to be lonely. He doesn't want you to face life by yourself. He wants you to be part of a loving, caring, concerned congregation. Amen? Hallelujah. And this is what I'd like to do this morning. Could we stand? And I'm going to ask you, if you would just come up to the front and let's stand across the front. We're going to have prayer for each other. And would you like to come to the, uh, and play on the keyboard there? Just crowd in as close as you can. You know, the Bible teaches us that we are to pray one for another. And I believe that God hears and answers prayer. I believe that you believe that or you wouldn't be here. Amen. And I just wonder if you have a special need in your life. It might be physical. It might be spiritual. It might be financial. Whatever. I just want you to raise your hand. If you have a special need that God needs to meet that need. I want those who do not have their hands raised, look around. And I want you just to maybe walk up to someone with their hands raised and begin to pray for them as I pray for all of you. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, just now, Lord, I thank you for every person here. Lord, for these who have their hands raised, you understand their needs. And just now, Lord, minister unto them. Touch, Lord, those who need a physical healing. Touch them. In Jesus' name, minister, Lord, unto this body of believers. Father, you understand the hurts, You understand the loneliness. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will begin to do a miracle. That you will unite these people together with the bond of love. That there will be a greater commitment. Lord, minister, I pray. And Father, if anyone needs right now just to be forgiven of sin, Lord, May they call upon the name of Jesus. May they say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. If they need that infilling of the Holy Spirit, even now, Lord, may they cry out to you. Bless them, I pray. Hallelujah. 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 Minister, I pray, Lord. Meet the needs in each and every person's life. Hallelujah. You know, you may just want to turn to that person on your right or left and say, is there something I can pray with you about? Let's take a little time just to pray for one another. Amen. 
Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. 